Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be on this planet Earth hamster wheel, (laughs) I hope that you don't believe you're spinning your wheels randomly and going nowhere. And... What I mean by that today is we have this tendency to think that everyone in the world can manifest stuff but us. Everyone is going towards their goals and we're always stuck. Maybe that's not you, but a lot of people feel like it's not ever happening. They get very upset. They don't think that it's possible to manifest uh, anything that they want because they don't see the rewards immediately. And sometimes you're plugging away at it, spinning your wheels, so to speak. And you work so hard and you work harder and you work harder still. And one day you achieve the goals that you set out for yourself, but you don't recognize it and you don't, really know it. You don't think about it. And so maybe it took so long to get the thing that you needed or wanted. Your manifestation happened, but you forgot completely that you had written it down, scripted for it, asked for it, imagined it every night before you fell asleep, woke up every morning grateful that it's on its way to you. And maybe you did that for a while and then you gave up because it wasn't coming or forthcoming. And maybe a few years go by and you come across an old vision board, as in the case of what happened to John Asaraf. Or maybe you find an old diary or maybe you're scrolling through what you wrote on Facebook decades ago. And you realize, oh my God, holy moly, this thing I wrote in my, my law of attraction book or my notebook or on Facebook or on my old vision board, or even better still, maybe it's on a piece of art that you created because you're trying to paint your life and you go, you go back and you're like, wait a minute, or your old diary or whatever it is, old notebooks. And you look back and you're like, well, wait a minute. I I actually did manifest that. That's weird. Maybe when you're 18 years old, you try to manifest a car and it didn't work. 19 rolled around, didn't work. 20 rolled around, didn't work. 21 rolled around. And you're just like, screw it. It's never going to happen. And you let it go. 25 rolls around and you're driving in a Mercedes or a BMW and you don't even think about it. And if anyone were to say to you, remember when you're back on Facebook five years ago saying, I manifest a car. And you're going to say something like, well, no, I didn't manifest a car. I actually got a job and I worked really hard and I put a certain amount of money in savings every month. And then one day I just was able to pay the down payment and... 
made the payments on it, sure. And I'm in the middle of it. I don't technically own it even now. You might even say that. I don't own it. I'm making payments. Even though it's in your possession, your name's on it, you own it. But, you know, in time, maybe in three, four years, you're going to have it 100%. But we have a tendency to not pat ourselves on the back when we deserve it. We have a tendency to be too hard on ourselves. We have a tendency to poo-poo it. You know, um, a friend of mine was talking to me about someone he knows who has been working towards his goals for a while and he's not 100% achieving them because he doesn't have a very supportive um, family structure. Even though he's an adult, you know, he goes back home on the weekends to see his folks and they don't have anything nice to say about how he's running his life or his Instagram or his business. Like they don't give him any kind of credit whatsoever. They just assume he's an idiot or that he just doesn't know what he's doing or, and maybe he is an idiot. Maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know. You know, maybe who knows, but they're just not supportive at all. And they should be, they really ought to be, but they're not. And, um, my friend and I were talking about this story you know how a lot of people actually have this situation where people in their family are not supportive at all. And he told me that my friend told me, or he said to me, you know, I asked him what would happen if he did become very successful and his family saw that he was successful. Like, what would they say then? Would they feel guilty that they weren't there for you? Would they feel bad? They weren't supportive. Would they, you know, apologize to you? Would they give you Uh, kudos and credence and actually say, you know, good job. We see you. That was awesome. We're sorry. We doubted you. Or how do you think they would react out of curiosity? And his reaction was, Oh, they would just say it was sheer dumb luck. They don't see me out here grinding. They don't see me doing anything, but the very bare basics. They think that I, you know, post on Instagram and that's all I do all day. So they would think it would be sheer dumb luck if I became, you know, wealthy or if I, you know, was able to buy a house or a car or whatever. Like if I had the, you know, ability to be successful, they would never still give me credit that the way that they are is just, they would say, nah, you lucked out. Oh, you're so lucky. You know, it's just such a weird backhanded compliment, isn't it? That those words, you're so lucky because everyone wants to be lucky. Luck is awesome. Having lady luck on her side. Hey, you can't go wrong with a friend like that, (laughs) but to be lucky, to be truly lucky, you have to have a lot of other components in place. I think sometimes it's sheer dumb luck and sometimes it's something else that you're out there grinding, you're working day after day after day after day. And then by some lucky chance, you happen to have suddenly a hundred grand in your bank or a million in your bank or whatever it is that your original goal was. And you don't realize it because you've been working, working, working. You're like, well, you know, I didn't win star search and I didn't do make a million singing a song or cutting my first album. So I'm not successful. 
you know, yeah, but you have a million dollars in the bank. Oh yeah. That's because I've been working my ass off in my job for the past three years. You know, like, you know, a lot of people just say, oh, you know, unless it's like sheer dumb luck, then you don't want it. Or if you're, um, you know, lucky in love, you'll never be lucky in money or vice versa. I've heard that one a lot. It's such a dumb thing. You could be lucky in everything. Some people are lucky at everything. But I've been um, thinking about this for, you know, a little while, a few days. How we don't really celebrate our success the way we ought to. And we don't recognize our success came about in a way in which we manifested it with our minds. I, I don't know why that is. Western world is at it because we feel skeptical about every little damn thing. Is that possible? Do we feel guilty when we find success so we have to poo-poo our own success in lieu of celebration? Oh, it was just sheer dumb luck. I just lucked into that one. Nobody lucks into a billion dollars, my friend. Nobody lucks into a million dollars unless they play the lottery. But even then, how many lottery tickets did you buy for how many years and how many times did you visualize winning said lottery? It's still technically not sheer dumb luck. You know, I've heard gamblers tell me, well, if you play your numbers, you know, enough times, eventually they're bound to come up. Now, I don't know if I agree with that. Statistically speaking, maybe it's impossible. Maybe one out of 265,000 chances, possibly. Maybe it's that. You got to play 265,001 time <laughs> to be a winner. It's not always with sheer dumb luck, but stuff like that, gambling, I think it is, but it's not sheer dumb luck. If you worked your ass off for something and then you got it, there's nothing dumb about that. There's certainly nothing lucky about it. It's just doing the grind day after day after day, doing it, doing it, doing it, getting a little bit ahead every day will get you a lot ahead later on. So, I, I mean, it made me sad when I heard that about my uh, friend's friend. That his family would not support him emotionally or mentally if something should happen good in his life. We can, however, choose our own family. We can have our own friends and call them our family instead. We don't have to you know, if we were given a bunch of rotten apples for our family who are always going to be negative and rude about us, we don't need to see them. Don't need to have them over for Thanksgiving, as I always say. But we should go find our own family. Maybe it's our coworkers or our colleagues or, you know, people we meet when we're out and about. The people that we feel most emotionally connected to. If our, if we're authors, maybe it's the people who read our works the most, the super fans, you know, you just never know who you're going to meet that will become your family. That will become your biggest support system. I think though, for that, you do need to support yourself emotionally first. 
You know, it's like putting a dollar in the tip jar. <laughs> if there's no dollar in the tip jar, it looks like no one's tipped you. And people think, wow, maybe there's something wrong with this one. Maybe I'll catch the next one, the next bartender. He always has a dollar in the tip jar. That first dollar of the night, the lucky dollar. <laughs> maybe he's good. We'll give him another one. <laughs> the, you know, the old dollar in the tip jar trick. <laughs> So, I was thinking about um, how we are really and truly creatures of habit and we're also creatures that forget all of our hard work that we put into something, especially when we don't consider it work because it was kind of fun, including visualizing. You know, John Astroff, this is his story that from The Secret. You could go watch the movie The Secret on Netflix and you can um, hear his story, John Astroff. Uh, he said that he had, when he was first married, he had all these goals of what he wanted to do. He had So he made a vision board that was going to be, you know, like the wife, like he was still not married. So he was like the wife and he had like the wedding ring. Um, as a symbol on his vision board. And then he had this big, beautiful house that was absolutely gorgeous that he wanted really badly. And then he, um, what else do you say? Something about his business, just a bunch of stuff like having kids, whatever. So one day they had, um, moved out of their house and they rented an apartment for like three years or something so he could do his work and they could just focus on work and they didn't have to, you know, do a lot of stuff around their house. They sold their old house. So they had their money and they just kept grinding and grinding and grinding from their little apartment. One day he, uh, bought this gorgeous house, this big, beautiful house. And his son was in, this is front right directly from the movie, the secret. His son was like, you know, sitting on this box and he's like, what's in this box, daddy? And his, his John Astraff answered him. He's like, Oh, it's just, you know, stuff from my office three years ago, you know, like my old vision board and stuff. And he's like, well, what's a vision board? I want to know what that means. And he said, well, let me show it to you. Instead of just telling you opens up the box, looks at his vision board. And he wasn't living in a house that was similar to the house. He's, he just moved into it was the exact house that he scripted for. He basically impressed upon a subconscious mind that that is the exact house he wanted. And that was it. And it blew him away. He just sat there and cried in front of his son. And his son's like, why are you crying? And he's like, because I wanted this house more than anything. And I just forgot about it. <laughs> and that's a secret too. I mean, if you can want something really bad and then just kind of let it go and forget about it, you know, I was visiting my house online every day for months and I decided to just kind of let it go and I forgot about it. Now I'm not in that house right now, but who's to say I'm not going to be there in one to two years or by the end of this year, even, you know, just cause you're not constantly you know, manifesting something. 
daily, daily, daily doesn't mean you're not manifesting it at all. Like basically giving it up might be the best gift you could give yourself because then you're not constantly focused on why you don't have it and worried about it and trying to redo the affirmations again and again and again and undoing all your hard work with your self-doubt and negativity in toxic ways. So I was thinking about uh, something that I posted before I knew who my twin flame was. Like a couple years before, I had posted his name and he's famous. And so I, so I posted his name and I said, him, I said, you know, I think I might've even said like dear universe or dear God. And then I said his name and I said him or somebody better. Thank you. Amen. And for a while I was posting stuff like that, him or someone better. And I put his name and then I'd put LOL or M- LMAO, ah, ha, ha, laughing my ass off, ah, ha, 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 laugh out loud, ah, ha. You know, um, like I will never get him, whatever. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Going to be realistic, but boy, secretly, I wish I could get him. Ooh, ooh, he's so nice. He's so fine. He's such a sweet person. Ooh, and I could look into those eyes forever. He's so intense. And I used to joke about it all the time. Him or someone better. It's the best man I could think of on the whole planet him or someone better. And then I let it go and I I didn't think about it for a long, long time. And a lot of days, a lot of years have passed. And I'm not sure it's possible. He contacted me two weeks ago, 15 or 20 of him contacted me in the past month or so. (laughs) And it's obvious when they're scammers, it's so obvious that they're all scammers, right? And, um, I had one for a month to talk to me and, and he seemed pretty real, pretty legit until at the end he asked me for nude pictures. And I'm like, no, my guy wouldn't do that. The real guy, you know, no, this fake guy is doing that because maybe he's going to use it to exploit me later on and say he's going to tell my parents or something. (laughs) I had a guy and this is like on a completely weird side note. I had a guy once, um, asked me to send him a really sexy picture. And I said, oh, sure, baby, I'm going to send you a sexy picture. And what I, and I was wearing a dress down to my knees and the sexy picture I took for him was literally from my knees down, like my legs. And that was it. I just had like hot pink nail polish on. It was no big deal. I was, I was laying in bed, but I was in a hostel in a room full of, you know, 20 or 30 people. And you know, it's not like I was hiding, you know, nudity or something. It was just my legs, like from the knee down. It wasn't that big of a deal. Not even remotely salacious, right? And I did it as a joke to tease. I'm like, oh, look at this. Ooh, so sexy. Ooh, la la, you're right. And um, he was like, yeah, baby. Oh my gosh, that's so sexy. He's like going on and on. I'm like, this guy's like dumb or I don't, I couldn't quite figure it out. And then later I realized, oh, he's like from a Muslim country where women don't show their feet (laughs) or their legs. Right. For me, it was not that big of a deal. I was in, you know, Columbia at the time and 
all the people in Medellin were wearing shorts or short skirts. Like, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal at all. Not even remotely. In fact, what would be a big deal in that kind of weather, if you wear long pants, then you would look suspect and weird. <laughs> so I just lives like, I'm just like wearing what everyone else is wearing right now. Just quick snapped off a shot, you know, Ooh, here's my sexy lower leg and in my bare feet. Ooh. <laughs> and this guy said something like, Ooh, I like it. It's sexy, whatever. And then I did not hear from him for another year. And one day I heard from him and he said, I really want to see you completely naked. And I said, well, sorry, Charlie, that ain't never going to happen. That is ridiculous. You know, I'm not going to send out. And he says, if you don't, I'm going to send the sexy pictures you sent me before. I'm going to send them to your mother and I'm going to embarrass you. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, you know what I mean? You've got one hour, right? And I'm like, what? This guy's out of his fucking mind, right? And then I frantically, I'm like, did I, was I drunk? Was I in a stupor? Did I do something I don't remember? Oh my God. Like, did I hop a timeline? Was I more salacious on that other timeline? Like what's going on? What the hell's going on? I got really scared. So I was like, quickly, I was like going through our Facebook conversations and our Instagram conversations. Cause I knew them on two different platforms and they weren't even the same platform at the time, you know? And, um, I couldn't find anything except for this shot of me, you know, showing my legs from the knees down. Ooh, part of my legs with like, you know, nothing sexy on them, just normal legs, whatever, you know, stuff you could find, you know, all over the internet for free. If you look, and he's like, Ooh, it's so sexy. It's like the, th- you know, the thing that's the sexiest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy on? <laughs> like my legs didn't look all that. Plus it's just my lower legs. Not even all of my legs, just part of my legs. Like, you know, mid calf to the foot. That was it. I'm like, what a weirdo. And, um, finally I just asked him, what are you talking about? Sexy pics. I've never once sent you a sexy pic not even remotely close. And if you had a sexy pic of me, trust me, you wouldn't want to talk to me for days. Cause you'd be staring at this. Right. I was like joking with him a little bit. He's like, no, no, you sent me a picture. I'm going to embarrass you. Now I'm going to send it to your mom. And I was just like, I hate to break the news to you, but my mother is dead. I think I said that to my mother's dead, you know? And he says, well, your mom is right there on whatever. And I'm like, well, that's my adopted mom. And you know, she's still alive, but the sexy picture I took, you know, my legs, she's seen my legs. That's not going to scandalize her at all. He's like, but she is Muslim. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. And I said, but you know what? That's a good point. I'm Muslim. So, and he's like, no, you're not. You sent the sexy picture to me. So I, I quoted the entire first verse of the Quran in Arabic. I typed it all out, you know, and I told him that I believe in Muhammad and that he is the prophet of God and you know, the statements of faith. And then he he like deleted and blocked me immediately. He was so scared, (laughs) you know, using his own religion to get him away from me was just sheer gratification for me. But what a weird, like, Oh, it's such a sexy picture. I'm going to send it to your mom and embarrass you. And they're going to, your family will disown you. 
and you have no choice but to show me your boobs online. I'm like, are you dumb, man? Are you high? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, if you went online and just looked up boobs, you could probably find some boobs online on Google search in a matter of minutes. Like, come on. You don't need to see mine over anyone else's. And there's people that are professional and have a better body than me. I mean, what a weirdo. Hope you guys can hear this tropical storm. Here's your AM, ASMR uh, for the night. <laughs> it's been very, very rainy. Very, very tropical. Feels wonderful. It's quite relaxing to hear, actually. But, um, yeah, so, so this guy who... I know is my twin flame. Like 15 to 20 men with his name is, you know, for faking it, pretending to be him. I think he might have actually contacted me. I think it might be the one. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> I bet in four or five days I'm going to know the answer. You know, it's either him or it's not. If it is him, then, oh my God. Oh my Lord in heaven, I'm so happy. And if it's not him, then, hey. He somehow got a really nice picture sent to me of my guy, <laughs> obviously, pretending he's him. And I like the new picture, so hey, that's something. Win-win, no matter what. <laughs> Everyone is just but a golden link in the chain of my success. So even if they're trying to scam me, and I'm not going to let them get away with it, but even if they try to hurt me, it's all good. It's all love. Even the haters, it's all love. Like, whatever, it's... <laughs> you could look at it in a way of, oh, they're just so on me and they're so hating me and they're so horrible. Or you could just say, hey, they hate me and they're giving me attention. Wow. Think about the people that are going to love me and what are they doing? You know, I don't know. I don't personally care about attention one way or the other, but I would like to have more listeners to the show, of course. But, you know, I don't care about people paying attention to me directly so much. But, <laughs> I, but I was thinking about the idea that what you think about, you bring about. And when you let it go, you bring it about faster, which is weird. So, yeah, I was writing that about my twin flame. You know, um, this man, and I would write his name or someone better. Amen. Thank you, God. And I would visualize it and I would think about it. And I'd use the people on Facebook, my friends and family who believed this. I, I used their energy to work with me synergistically and I would do the same thing on their post. You know, I'd synergistically visualize for them the thing that they wanted. Yes. I hope you get that house. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. You know, I'm imagining, I see you in there in that house right now. I do stuff like that. And usually the people do get the house. Like, I think my sister was one of the people that did something like that. Like here's the house, you know, but John Asaraf moved into his exact place. The very exact one that like five or six years before he said, that's the, that's the one I wanted. And he said at the time he didn't think about it. All he could think about was he got this really kick-ass mansion because it was foreclosed on. So he got it for a song for hardly any money. And he was shocked that it was so cheap, but the universe works funny, you know, sometimes works in mysterious ways. So, you know, he didn't think anything of it until he saw his vision board and he's like, Oh my God. He remembered back in the day when this exact house was on the market and nobody wanted it because it was so expensive. And then it foreclosed on and all he had to do is pay the back taxes. Oh my God. And, you know, it was like 
couple million dollar home, maybe it's $10 million, and he got like under $300,000. Like, wow, that's amazing. And now the taxes would be lowered because of what he paid for it. Win, win, win. <laughs> maybe not win for the city who relied on those big taxes, but they hadn't been paid in years. So, hey, at least it's something, right? So, whatever you visualize and think about, you're going to bring about even if you forgot about it. <laughs> you know, um, like if my guy really did contact me, OMG. And I was saying this like 10, 12 years ago, him or someone better. And I didn't even know he's my twin flame. And that's the other weird thing. I was already attracted to him before I knew he was my guy before I even tried to make him my guy through visualization and writing him little letters in my notebook as if he's going to see them and believing wholeheartedly he's going to see them and he's going to hug me and he's going to maybe get a tear in his eye and say I can't believe you love me this much your love is so powerful like I imagine him saying things like this to me I'm so glad I found you you're the best you're such an incredible woman I can't believe I can't believe uh, my my sheer dumb luck. <laughs> and like I said, luck has nothing to do with it. But when my, like seven years ago, when I asked God, who is my twin flame? And his face came up, it didn't even occur to me. Not even for a single solitary second that I used to write him into my Facebook saying him or someone better years and years ago, 12, 13, you know, 20 years ago even. Well, it wasn't 12 years. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that. It was after my divorce, so I would never say that while I was married. <laughs> actually, I, another weird thing, before I knew I was an archangel, I actually wrote an article on MySpace saying, I will take my wings in winter white, please. And then I wrote an article about um, genetic uh, modification of our human form bodies and the modifications people are making and how some people are already thinking about um, growing wings on their back as soon as it's able and as soon as people are able and they might just be vestigial wings but they might look cool or maybe one day we could have wings that will help us fly you know, that, that that science is coming. And I wrote this article about it. I, I'll take my wings and winter white, please. And then, you know, and then I put like a little la you know, laughing face, like, ah, oh, ha, ha, it's such a funny joke. And then to come to find out, you know, seven years ago that I'm actually an archangel incarnate. And an archangel came to me and told me that. I'm like, what? He was an archangel. He's also incarnate, too. It's weird. The things that we think about, we bring about, even if we forget about them. <laughs> and sometimes it's something that we already know subconsciously. We know it to be true. Like Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins, he was 100% broke off his ass, getting ready to be evicted, kicked out of his apartment. And he was mad and he was upset, but he went on a little walk, I think in San Diego, somewhere in Southern California, and he took this walk and he saw this massive mansion for sale. And he was like praying hard. He's like, this is the place I want. 
this exact house, this, if I achieved that, that would blow my fucking mind. That's the house I want. Well, guess where he lives now? (laughs) In that exact house. What you think about, you bring about, even if you have forgotten about that. It's pretty cool, right? Trying to think of what else I visualized. Um, I visualized living in the woods, in the forest in California. When I was a kid, I visualized going up there. And um, I lived there for, oh gosh, I would have to say a dozen years with my with my husband and my kids. You know, I love the, I love the forest. You know, I, and I thought about that my whole life, and then I moved to the forest, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I actually did it. I did it. But it didn't seem so extraordinary. It wasn't, you know, like I was living in L.A., and then, you know, overnight the forest fairy came along and sprinkled her forest fairy dust on my head and I woke up in the forest it wasn't that magical speaking of magical hope you guys can hear this rain oh my god there's a lot of rain that's beautiful and you can hear it it's pouring down on the roof and all of the banana trees that are in the neighbor's yards wow Hopefully you guys are enjoying this rain. I think it's awesome. Makes the cat feel a certain way. She gets kind of upset. She starts running around all weird. Because she wants to see the rain on one side of the house, then on the other side of the house, then she has to go back to the other side of the house. (laughs) She jumps in all the windows looking. Look at the rain on this side. Look at the rain on that side. Is that the same rain? That's really weird. (laughs) Miss Knowledge Ravenspell, she's so precious. She's been asking me a lot for me to hold her the last few days. So I hope everything is fine with her. She's been cuddling a little bit on the bed, but not totally. So I don't think she's sick. I don't think anything like that. I think she's... Something's coming. Maybe it's a weather-related thing. And I wanted to speak before we get into space weather. A lot of people have contacted me with dreams they're having about the Earth... um, dying or exploding or I don't know what when it's hit by bolides or big huge meteors one person said that she saw um, on the NASA camera she saw a meteor coming in and she took a picture of it and sent it to me she said oh my god I can't believe I caught it I had a feeling that there was a meteor and I took a picture and she said I've been having the the post like the apocalyptic dreams like, like we're all doomed soon and the, and the, the bull eyes are going to hit any day now and my friend um, said he had a really hard dream about it he's had it like two or three nights in a row he's had the end of the world type of dream I don't know if that means anything you guys but let's say prayers remember where there are two or more gathered in my name there I will be also let's say the prayer dear God protect us from anything harming us from outer space to earth amen or you can make your own prayer if you don't like that one. It's all good. It's all love. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go ahead and talk about spaceweather.com, and then we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to talk about how to do um, an oracle reading. What do I do? What's the whole process that I go through to do an oracle card reading? 
All right, so let's go to spaceweather.com. News and information about the sun-earth environment. Current solar wind speed is 386.9 kilometers per second. We are on sunspot number 89, and the most active sunspot on the sun today is AR2965, which is crackling with B-class solar flares. The CME is in the neighborhood. It's going to hit us later today, later on March 10th, it says, which it probably already hit because it's already... Well, I'm recording this on the very beginning of the 11th. So anyway, a coronal mass ejection will pass close to Earth and maybe deliver a glancing blow to the planet's magnetic field. The CME was hurled into space three days ago by an erupting filament of magnetism that was on the sun. Now, there is a picture of Aurora Borealis, but guess what? It's not an aurora. It's a red arc. And it says, all day long on March 5th, a solar wind did stream and buffeted Earth's magnetic field and... When night fell in Banff, Alberta, photographer Mary Beth Kizinski took her camera to the countryside to look for Aurora Borealises, but she found this instead. It appears that we captured a SAR, which is a red arc cutting across the Milky Way. Now, SARS were first discovered in 1956 at the beginning of the space age. Researchers don't know what they were, and they were unwittingly giving them a misleading name stable auroral red arcs or SARS but in fact they're not auroras at all they appear when charged particles rain down from space hits the upper atmosphere and causes it to glow like the picture tube of an old colored television set SARS form differently they are a sign of heat energy leaking into the upper atmosphere from Earth's ring current system which is a donut shaped circuit carrying millions of amps around our planet it skims the orbits of geosynchronous satellites and plays a huge role in determining the severity of geomagnetic storms earth is the only rocky planet that has one so i thought that was a little bit interesting there's more to the article if you want to check it out on spaceweather.com, be my guest. Um, according to the All Sky Fireball Network and All Sky uh, cameras, there were four sporadic fireballs over the United States. Although, wait a minute, that's the wrong day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refresh the page and see where we're at. Oh, I knew something would happen there. Actually, I'm so sorry. According to NASA's All Sky cameras and the All Sky Fireball Network, there were six sporadic fireballs on March 10th <laughs> so there you have it um let's see what we're gonna do oh actually and at the top of the page is something new oh my god um it says the next cme is not going to miss a full halo cme is heading directly for earth and it's going to be here on march 13th there's my lucky number Chronographs on board the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, otherwise known as SOHO, recorded the storm cloud leaving the sun just hours ago. And oh my God, it is massive. It's on its way to us now. So on, um, let's see, Sunday, we're going to have a lot of, maybe possibly, 
a lot of symptoms, ascension flu symptoms, may hit us on Sunday when this hits our planet. Now, the CME did pass by Earth yesterday during the late hours of March 10th. It was a near miss, and it did spark aurora borealis in the northern Europe region. It was bright enough to see even through city lights. And the new CME, well, it's going to come, but definitely not going to miss. So there we have it. Now, Schumann Residence today, the update from DisclosureNews.it is power 65 oh my gosh that so if you're in Europe and you felt a little weird like queasy or unable to think or you can't remember stuff or whatever it is might just have to do with the Schumann resonance news we had power 8 followed by amplitude 2 power 65 that's coming out of Italy and then the last part of the day it actually just cut out entirely nobody knows what happened then so uh, when we go to Heart Math Institute at heartmath.org, I'm going to tell you guys what we find. All right, so according to heartmath.org or the Heart Math Institute, when you go to the Schumann Resonances Power Graph, which is the GCMS magnetometer, this is what they found on March 8th at the 2300 hour. This was basically Tuesday night going on into Wednesday. California was at 63 hertz frequency. Hofuf Saudi Arabia as well as Northland New Zealand are both at zero hertz frequency. Uh, Lithuania was at 126 hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 89 hertz frequency. And last but not least, Hulului, South Africa is ding, ding, ding. The winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> And they were at 205 hertz frequency. So there you have it. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to talk about how to give a proper oracle reading. That is a complete surprise. And not at all dealing directly from the deck like so many people do. And we're going to talk about that right after this itty-bitty musical ditty. Stay tuned. guys so I just wanted to give you guys some advice for those of you who are trying to do your own Oracle card readings and I'm gonna give you my method of doing this in which I always get seemingly miraculous answers now sometimes they're just normal answers but sometimes it's spooky accurate now I can ask prime creator anything and get an answer directly I don't need crystals or cards or incense or anything outside of me not outside of my own connection to the divine but as an overthinker <laughs> as a doubting Thomas I mean that could be my middle name sometimes I'm skeptical even though I'm very spiritual I'm also very skeptical I have a scientific logical mind 
even though I'm very spiritual, <laughs> I'm very balanced, I think in this way, but I do have, um, a lot of doubts always. And the original traditional way of doing cards, especially with tarot is that you shuffle and 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 shuffle until it feels right. And then you cut the deck into three parts and you have the person tell you which is pile one, pile two, pile three, and then you stack it, whether it's pile one on bottom or on top, depending on what randomly you choose. And then you start drawing the cards one at a time from the top of the deck down. And then a new trick, uh, that's come up in the past few years is you look at the card on the bottom of the deck to see what is the hidden message that you didn't know about yet. And that's how a lot of people just accept it. But I find it's more accurate when I engage my spiritual partners, meaning my archangel brothers and sisters to help. I ask a prime creator or divine mother to help. I ask uh, goddesses and gods to help if that is appropriate for the situation, the person and what it is I'm actually asking about. So for example, if I were to call upon somebody's ancestors because they have a curse and that needs to be lifted, that would be appropriate. Have the ancestors help. Or if the person's having a lot of toxic kind of struggles, like they're an empath and all the people around them are toxic and maybe they need to be cleansed or maybe there was some kind of a generational curse. There's something with the ancestors and maybe the ancestors all have the same kind of issues. Maybe they're all a long line of empaths that could not fully feel and function in their own personal power because there's always too many narcissists and sociopaths around them throwing them off their game, you know, because the family didn't have a long line of protection. So maybe it's time to protect all of the whole family line going back in all directions of time. Also for future generations into the future. And maybe, you know, you can work the ancestors for this kind of a thing. Sometimes it's just in the person itself. So it just depends on the reading. I mean, most people generally want like a money reading career reading, um, what do I do now with my life kind of reading or love? Love is the biggest one, uh, relationships, <coughs> you know, <coughs> I find it hilarious that when we're not in a relationship, all we want to do is find out about the upcoming relationship. All we want to do, what do I need to do about myself to get my body, my mind, my life snatched so that I could turn around and get the love of my life. And at the same time, who's coming and why and how and, and what's he like, what's she about? You know, we want to know everything about the person. So we do all these readings again and again and again. <laughs> and then we get into the relationship. We're like, oh shit, that's not what I thought. Wow, relationships are hard. Oh, I need to go find out what they're thinking. And then you go back and do another love reading about the relationship too, which is kind of silly. You know, I mean, it's, it's a private engagement, not a, um, you know, community project. You shouldn't do that with your relationships, but we all do it anyway. You know, like, what's he thinking? I want to know, you know, and it's kind of like, ah, especially if they're being weird or vague and not quite forthcoming. It's like, I need to know there's some clarity that needs to happen here. But, um, those are basically like, if you're going to do this for yourself, I'm going to give you the methods if you're going to do this for somebody else, it's the same method. 
but you have to be smart about who you call upon and why and who you're comfortable working with. I and mean, don't call upon goddess Hecate if you are not willing and ready and able to deal with her powerful energy and the stuff that will ensue if you engage with her. If you are a faint of heart, if you are somebody who is timid and shy and interested in love and light and angels, goddess Hecate or Hecate, you can say her name either way. This is not the entity for you, babes. Nope. (laughs) I call upon her quite often. I've left gifts in the center of a crossroads for her. And she always sends me a black dog when I'm out walking about because that is her sign that she has come up from the underworld to protect me. And, um, she works closely with death and with witches. She's like the mother of all witches, Lilith, goddess Lilith. I've worked with her. She's the mother of all demons. You know, I mean, this sounds like scary stuff, but sometimes if you're going to walk around at night and you're going to be around, um, in an area where there's some shady shit characters, you don't want to have love and light, happy go lucky angels and aren't paying attention to what the reality is. You need someone who's closer to the underworld, closer to where these guys are going to end up soon. And you need them to walk with you. And then those guys will respect you. It's very weird. It's not anything to do with this reading, but I'm just saying don't work with entities that are darker. If that's not your personality, don't just say, well, this person's a witch. I'm going to call upon goddess Hecate. Don't do that. If that is not your vibe. I mean, I am the archangel of death. It is my vibe. <laughs> I mean, I'm like a punk rocker, goth rocker chick. Like I'm not some happy go lucky wearing pale pastel colors and talking about airy fairy shit and surrounding myself with lavender and, and, and sweet baby crystals. That's not me. I love people like that because they're so different from me and I can learn a lot from everybody. Ah, but that ain't me, babe. (laughs) I've got a dark, morbid sense of humor. I was a pirate in a past life. You know, I I've got that, a darker energy about me, even though I am a very, very light energy in general, you know, but I can work with the light and the dark. I walk between the worlds. I am a death walker. That's what the archangel of death is. And it is part of my shamanism. It's part of who I am as an energy shaman and a Hayoka lightning shaman. So, you know, you need to make sure that whoever you're going to call upon, it's going to be who you are connected with, who you're going to work well with, who you're going to be able to receive the information from in a way in which you're not going to be afraid. You're not going to fear it. You're not going to be scared. You're not going to be nervous. You know, if you don't like the idea of sitting in the dark in a circle with your friends with candles on the table and, and putting instruments all around and calling upon the dead to do a seance, then don't do that. You know, spirituality runs the gamut from that to people getting together in the afternoon to do yoga and, and chant, you know, Buddhist or Hindu phrases or whatever is going to get you to a higher state and perspective of mind. And I've done all that. I've done all the above and more, (laughs) you know? And so I've, my spirituality has run the gamut, but I walk between the worlds, dark and light, 
life and death. My archangel counterpart, he is archangel of new life. Archangel Sandalphon, he's archangel of harmony. You know, so I'm the archangel of comfort. (laughs) Sometimes the things I say are not that comforting though, ironically enough. And if it makes you uncomfortable, now you know what you need to fix inside yourself so that you can feel comfortable. Ironically, that's part of being a Hayoka shaman. (laughs) Not everyone's going to like you. Damn it. (laughs) The Virgo in me is irritated by that, but it is what it is. All right. So I want you to understand that when you want to have a miraculous oracle reading, you're going to have to create a space. You're going to have to create an atmosphere. Now, if it, if it's the yoga studio with lavender and baby crystals, then do it. That might be your safe space and where you feel comfortable. I do recommend working with this stuff. I don't need it personally, but I do work with it because I like it. It's aesthetically pleasing and it's fun. Of course, when I do readings for you guys, I usually have my, my, um, pot pipe covered in little, um, alien, little little green alien men on it. (laughs) You know? It's just, it's like, it's just, it's like I have fun stuff around me. Super fun energy. (laughs) You know, I have like on my computer, I have a little sticker of a black cat. That's a, that is a grim reaper holding a bunch of skulls and, and she's holding her scythe in one hand and one paw and the other paw, she has her hand on a skull and she's saying souls, (laughs) but that's just my sense of humor. I mean, that's who I am. It's like hilarious. I I got these stickers, these goth stickers, and I put it on my computer, and then I got a black cat. I'm like, oh, that's perfect for my cat. <laughs> so I have that one on my computer. She she loves it. She used to, when she was a baby kitten, would lay next to this little sticker and put her paw on it. <laughs> and then I found out later she is an archangel of death from her home planet. So that's why we get along so well. We've been together many times. This is her third incarnation to me while I've been in this body. Anyway, so I started to write something, and I wrote zero and now I don't know are asked I don't asked facts I gotta I gotta pause this for a minute and see what the hell did I write here all right I don't know what I was trying to say here I think I wrote zero artifacts but it looks like I wrote astifacts <laughs> or asked fat A-S-T I don't know I'm gonna have to come back to it I sat here for 20 minutes I paused this and sat here for 20 minutes trying to figure it out I don't know. Anyway, uh, you got to make sure there are zero artifacts or uh, energies left over in your room, on your deck, in your body, in order to have a truly miraculous oracle reading. So for an oracle reading, you have to create a space. It's got to be a blend of the best of you and the highest vibration you can muster up. And it's got to be clean. It's got to be a safe place. It's got to be a space that is definitely relaxing, calming, and one in which you can open your mind, your heart, your spirit body, and the like. It's got to be deep emotionally and spiritually. It can't just be the TV room with the TV blaring and the kids running all all over the place. That's not going to be miraculous at all. (laughs) Even though, yes, I know your children are little miracles. (laughs) Mine were for sure, but I couldn't read cards in front of them. I mean, I could if they were going to sit and read the cards with me, but 
<laughs> you know, it, it just it is in order to have a truly miraculous reading. If you're really looking for some deep information, you're going to need it to be calm, relaxed, and you're the only one in the room because you don't want other people's energies interfering. So incense or sage will help. Uh, if you sage the place out and you get negative energies out, toxic vibrations, anything, if there's ever been a fight in that place, you got to really, really sage it out. So, um, incense can work in place of sage. If you can't get sage, uh, uh, cedar or any kind of like sweet grasses will work as well. Myrrh, frankincense, um, or just any, any incense at all could work as well. It could just be cinnamon incense if that's all you've got. You know, just to sage out the place and just ask um, your holy guardian angel to help you get rid of any negative energies in the space just in case we don't want low vibrations in our miraculous oracle reading. So um, you might want to ask for um, clarity and you can do that through aromatherapy if you like. It depends on the type of read you're going to do for whoever you're going to do it. If you want more clarity, you might want to use clary sage essential oil. Maybe you need that to clear up uh, information about a relationship. You might want to use lavender if it's about a friendship or rose essential oil if it's definitely about romance, even especially if it's about um, an upcoming wedding or something like that. Um, but just pick whatever, uh, essential oil. If it's about a health issue, you might want to go with the tea tree oil or something that is more, um, you know, pine or lemon, something that's more sanitary and energetically conducive towards a positive state of radiant health, for example. So, um, how do you use, uh, essential oil in the reading? Don't touch your cards with it. Don't touch your table with essential oils because it will eat off varnish it's very powerful only one drop is all you need sometimes two drops is okay but never more than two and you could put it on a little cotton ball you could put it just inside your shirt if you're wearing a shirt that's kind of up to your neck or you can put it on a face mask especially if you're doing a reading in public or you know in an office somewhere outside your home or you know you could just use a normal face mask put a couple drops of essential oil in there incidentally will kill germs. So, Hey, that might be something, you know, for a whole nother set of applications there, but, um, you could put it in a diffuser, uh, one that you plug in or, or a burner where you light the candle underneath it, you know, you could figure it out. Um, and you could just have it sit in there, um, you know, just there in the room so you can feel that clarity coming in and to help you allow you to open up to the new possibilities of new information. Okay. So, um, you want to clear out your aura. You want to clear out your chakras. You want to clear out your Pepsi bodies. What are your Pepsi bodies? You ask <laughs> if you haven't listened to the show for a while, that might sound weird, but it's a little acronym that I coined a little phrase that I use to help me. Uh, and it stands for physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual individual bodies. So I cleanse my aura. I imagine white light coming from the sun itself, just taking away anything that's negative in my aura. And I, um, use, uh, a drawers 
thing about my chakras, like a drawers metaphor, like I imagine there's a chest of drawers that's tall and thin and it has uh, seven drawers in it. I open the bottom drawer and take anything that's in there out, you know, and I sweep it out, you know, and they do the second drawer and it starts at the bottom with red and it goes up you know, like Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And I open all the drawers, clean them all out. And that's a metaphor for my chakras. And that makes it easier for me. And then I imagine that the lights, the beautiful lights of those colors are shining bright inside the drawers when they're nice and clean. And I always feel better after I do this kind of a visualization. My chakras always feel nice and squeaky clean when I'm done. And you cleanse out your Pepsi bodies by imagining that um, you, you could just clean them one at a time in your body, or you can imagine that they separate out and it's you and four other of you or three other of you. Your physical body is you, of course, where you're at. And then you put your emotional body off to the left and then your mental or psychological body and then your spiritual body. And you just cleanse them all out. You can imagine like a big hose hosing them out or an air corridor, big wind comes up and blows out any debris. Or you can imagine that there's holes in the bottom of your feet and it just drains out all the stuff you don't need. And the high vibrational light from above is coming in and filling in these bodies. There's a lot of different ways. You might want to look other methods up online. I'm sure that there's something you could find that you can relate to more than what I said if you don't like what I said. Again, if uh, any of my information at any time does not apply, then just let it fly, baby. Maybe you wouldn't have something else. You could just ring a bell. You could strike a chime, uh, you know, like a, a sound, kind of like a bing, <laughs> you know, or you can om, chant om, pod me om, om, tat, sat, om. There's different ways, various ways to cleanse your space. In fact, there's probably as many ways as there are people in the world. So just find the way that is good for you. Cleanse your body, cleanse your space, and also you have to cleanse your deck. That's all you need to do. You just slap it three times. It, it knocks off any uh, residue from any old reading. You could blow on it three times. That also does the trick. You could pass it through flames. And if your deck is really stinky, toxic from a bad, uh, a bad reading you've had, you could take a soft cloth with a couple drops of water mixed with salt and just very gently just wipe the cards back and front. Now, if you're dealing with uh, cards that are oracle cards, you can put them in alphabetical order and then start shuffling them. That might uh, cleanse out any energies or residues. And if you're doing uh, tarot cards, what you can do, and this is about oracle cards, but you could do tarot cards too. You just take the, um, uh, put them in order, basically. You just put the suits in order and then the the minor the minor and then the major arcana just put them exactly in order the way they were uh, coming to you from the factory and that will do the trick that does take it out just make sure though slapping the deck just like that and super super simple way to do it you can pass it through incense smoke sage smoke um, water fire earth you know um, you could say those words water fire earth and um, heart or spirit you know, um, you could call upon the four directions if you like. I mean, whatever your jam is, you can do it. Um, you could call upon your ancestors, you know, just all the different things that you could think of to do. Whatever resonates with you is the one you should do because you need to feel relaxed and comfortable, of course, 
in order to uh, have a miraculous oracle reading. So slapping the deck, uh, using the sea salt, you could even put, you know, a bowl of sea salt and put the, the deck in with a box inside sea salt. Just let it sit for 10 minutes and flip it over like it, like you're making a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> you just keep it on that sea salt, which is going to soak up any negative energy, flip it over so, and soak it up for another 10 minutes, wipe the outside of the box off. And now you've got your cleansed cards. That might be a way to do it. Now, what you want to do um, is use a pendulum or muscle testing to see which deck you're going to use. And also a pendulum, uh, you know, using for dowsing or muscle testing can use, can be used to uh, discover which archangel or goddess that prime creator will be sending you because you always have to say God, prime creator or Allah, please send me the correct archangel for this reading for you know, Billy Bo, Jim Bob, or whoever you're reading for and say it's about love or it's about his mother or it's about her, his health or, you know, his wife's, uh, you know, maybe she's cheating on him and we want to find out whatever the thing is, just say whatever angel it is, whatever goddess it is, you know, and you can ask. And if you get an inkling of it, you can say is ask a yes or no question using your pendulum or using your, um, muscle testing and you could look kinesiology up to uh, see how to do it um there's plenty of videos on youtube about it um all these things letter to robin is a pdf that's free highly recommend if you want to get into dowsing seriously it's about 100 pages or something maybe it's only 25 30 pages i actually now i can't remember that's kind of weird <laughs> maybe i hopped a timeline and it used to be longer i don't know but anyway, Letter to Robin is a PDF. It started off as an email and ended up being a book. And it's for anyone brand new to dowsing that wants to delve into this world to ask God questions, but they're not quite hearing the voice of God directly yet. Muscle testing works. Pendulum dowsing with a little crystal pendulum. That works. Or any necklace. You can even use a nut on a string. <laughs> I mean, it. you can use anything for a pendulum and it will work. If you do it the right way, you have to learn from this book, of course, letter to Robin and you will learn it and it'll be awesome. And from there, from forevermore, you will use it. I use it too. I love it. All right. So, um, once you connect with that goddess or God or that archangel that is going to be with you and you connect to prime creator because you want the highest vibration of the, for this reading and you have to connect to your subjects, higher self. You have to connect to anyone who may or may not, well, not may not, but who may definitely be helpful for the reading. You can connect to the ancestors, especially if it's going to be about a dangerous situation and you're needing strong protection, especially if those ancestors come from a magical way. If they are, a family like say from Ireland or Scotland from the old country and they just connect to the old ways of magic then the more the merrier if it's from you know a family you know if the person has a family that just does not get any of this and they were afraid of it you know the ones that would have burned the witches at the stake we're gonna then in that case leave the ancestors clean out of it. We don't need them, <laughs> especially if they're not going to be helpful. If you're native American, you're definitely going to want to call upon the ancestors. If you're, 
you know, um, from any culture in which the ancestors are a great part in all throughout Latin America, African continent, like there are cultures throughout the world that do call upon their ancestors. Even in Asia, there are cultures that do. So if you're in that way, definitely call upon your ancestors to help you, but make sure that prime creator is the one and only first go-to guy <laughs> about the information. So how do you connect? I'd like to be connected to prime creator. Thank you. Now you're connected to prime creator. I'd like to be connected to my higher self. Okay. I'm already connected to my higher self. I'd like to be connected to Alexandria's higher self. Okay. Now I'm connected to my daughter's higher self. Now I'd like to be disconnected from my daughter's higher self, please. All right. You will feel the energies coming in. You'll feel the energies leaving. It's so weird. I connected to a man today, found out that he actually is an archangel. When I connected to his energy, I was like, oh yeah, I could tell it. He's, he's fam. He's my family. Definitely. He's an archangel. I knew it, knew it in a heartbeat. So, um, let's see. Uh, yeah, the ancestors are good for things like protection or ongoing protection, or if there's a dangerous situation. Um, but for other things too, I mean, they could be for love. Maybe they're going to bring you the loved one, uh, you know, of your dreams. So, um, you first, so after you have all these things, you have to clear your mind after you're cleansed in your aura, cleansed in your chakras, cleansed in your Pepsi bodies, cleansed in your space, cleansed with your deck. And you got to make sure you cleanse all your crystals too, by the way, you got to make sure they're not harboring anything. If you really need to cleanse a room and it's really like, Ooh, someone's negative in there, or there was a fight, put an egg in each corner of the room. And you let it sit for seven days and very gingerly, very tenderly get these eggs, put them in a bath, like a little bag, like a plastic bag. And you very gently put them on the top of your trash and very gently take them out to the curb. Do not break them or they will come rushing back with all that negative shit energy back into your house. But you take it gently to the curb. Make sure you don't break the eggs. And when they take them and they put them in the garbage truck to take them away, MNA law, take those away. We don't want these eggs anymore. It, it soaks up the energy for seven days. It, they're like vacuum cleaners. They'll soak up all the energy. All right. So, um, connect with your own Holy guardian angel. You might want to connect to the Holy guardian angel of your subject as well. And when they leave, when the reading's over, make sure you disconnect. How do you disconnect? You say, I'd like to disconnect from Billy Bo, Jim, Bob's Holy guardian angel. Thank you very much. <laughs> you don't need to connect to their angel after they're gone. You don't. So you connect to, uh, with your archangel or your goddess that, uh, prime creator said the one that you had an inkling to do, you use your intuition it close your eyes and you wait a few moments you wait and then you're going to get an idea use your pendulum dowsing use your muscle testing to get a yes or no answer was i supposed to connect to the goddess aphrodite yes okay good or no okay well then who was i supposed to connect with and you sit in quiet contemplation and meditation and wait for another name or face or idea to come and maybe they say oh it was supposed to be brother yeshua oh okay so now I'm going to connect with brother Yeshua. Maybe the person I'm reading is very much on a deep, powerful spiritual path that might be lonely at times. And he needs that kind of guidance that Jesus would be the one to talk to. So you connect with your archangel, your goddess or whoever 
you ask them to pull the cards out of the deck for you. Now, I don't believe, like I said, I don't believe in just like cutting the deck and then the next 10 cards are yours. I started doing this. Doreen Virtue talked about it first. I thought, ooh, I like that. Sometimes the decks get quite jumpy. And so you just kind of shuffle and shuffle and shuffle and shuffle. And while you're shuffling the cards, you say, Archangel Michael, say that's your angel. Archangel Michael, I'd like to ask about this relationship that my client, you know, Katie did and her boyfriend, Billy Bo Jim Bob are having. And I I need to know what, uh, like, where is their relationship headed? And then you shuffle and shuffle and shuffle and shuffle the Oracle cards and say, Archangel Michael, I need you to pull the top three cards that will represent what the best, what they're going through for everyone's highest good. Shuffle, 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 continuously ask the question, continuously shuffle, continuously think about what you're asking. Don't get distracted. Don't have distractions. Make sure you're absolutely free from distractions in the room. Zero distractions. That's what I wrote up there. I knew it was going to come back to me. (laughs) Zero distractions. And then you'll have zero limits. So no radio, no TV, no bullshit phone. You don't need to look at social media while you're looking for a miraculous Oracle reading. Okay, now, as you're shuffling, the card is going to come out. Sometimes they fly out of the deck. It is the craziest thing. It is strange as hell. It'll fly out of the deck, and there you go. Boom, there's your card. And then you put that in place, and then you just keep going until, you know, you get the second and the third card, and maybe all the way through the tenth card. But each card will be, or each three cards will be a question, depending on your layout or your spread which might be another, another conversation for another day. But the example might be goddess Aphrodite. Um, please pull the top three Oracle cards that show me what my twin flames thinking right now. And then you just say that again, goddess Aphrodite, goddess of love, bless me that the top three Oracle cards that you pull out are going to be what my twin flame is thinking right now. Goddess Aphrodite, please help me with my twin flame. Help me know. And you just keep going, asking again and again and again. And the cards that come out are going to blow your mind. If this is, if you're truly in the miraculous way, ask your higher self, ask your guidance, allow me to be in the miraculous way to get a miracle Oracle card reading today. Another example you might want to be is Archangel Raphael. What should I do to heal my... Uh, anxiety, Archangel Raphael, I need to heal my anxiety. What's the best advice you could give me about healing my anxiety? And you keep shuffling and shuffling and shuffling and shuffling that deck until the cards just fly the hell out. Like just woo. And sometimes they'll fly out, flip over and land directly in front of you as if an angel literally plucked it out of the deck and laid it down gently. It has happened for me many, many, many times, guys, when I am in a miracle way this is when this happens for me. Now you can do this in a kind of, um, reading for others or yourself. All of these things that I'm saying, this is for any kind of a reading or for like a group, like the collective, like I do sometimes for you guys, but you have to keep asking the question, asking the question, asking the question, keep your mind clear, keep your mind, keep your mind, right. Keep it on the question. Imagine the outcome. Imagine the card is there with all the answers on it. And you shuffle and you shuffle and you shuffle mindlessly shuffling 
You don't like try to sneak a peek at the cards. Ooh, what might come up? Or ooh, is a lover's card gonna come up? Ooh, and don't just be thinking lovers, 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 because then that will definitely come out, right? So you just keep thinking about the question. What do I need to do to heal my anxiety? What is my twin flame thinking? Um, What do I need to make my body uh, healthier? Whatever the question is. And you allow that entity to come and you say, I need you, Archangel Raphael, to pull this out of this deck. What do I need to heal my anxiety? Pull it out of the deck for me. I want you to lay it down gently in front of me so I know that you did it. Please tell me, what do I need to heal from my anxiety? You know, what does Billy Bo Jim Bob need to heal from his anxiety? Whatever it is. All right, whatever the question is, and that's what you keep doing. So now, um, once you've shuffled mindlessly and all the cards came free, then you can look at them. And what I do is I get an overall impression of the whole reading, and then I go to the individual cards, and I and I'll tell my client or or you guys if I'm doing it for like a collective, what each individual card means to me. I'll ask Prime Creator what it means, and then I'll get more insights, and then I'll go to the book sometimes and say what the book says and then I'll put it all together and then I'll say well this card over here relates to that card over there that card over there relates to this one over here oh my goodness look at the connection you can't make this shit up guys when you are doing an oracle card reading in a miraculous way things are going to start to make sense and connect the dots in a way that's going to blow your mind Ask with muscle testing, ask with a pendulum dowsing. When a card comes out, was this the card you meant to pull? That's if you want to double check, if you want to triple check. The angels, the goddesses will give you the answers. They will always let you know yes or no. You can triple check. You can double check with the dowsing. You can do it again with the dowsing. You could do it with muscle testing again. That's double and triple and even quadruple checking, making sure this is the card that was meant. Because sometimes a grouping of cards, like a cluster of four or five cards will come out and one of the cards is a real card. And then the other ones aren't. So I always ask, is it this card? No. Is it this card? No. Is it this card? Yes. And then once I get a yes, I do it with the, you know, I do that muscle testing, you know, quickly with my fingers. You know, if you can't break the bond, then it's a yes. If you break the bond easily, it's a no. Um, there's like three different ways to do muscle testing with your fingers. I could do muscle testing with my arms. I could even do muscle testing while standing up and seeing if my body leans forward for yes and leans backward for no. <laughs> I mean, I've been doing this stuff for a very long time. So uh, you can ask, and once you get the cards and you start to read them, then you're going to understand the answers are definitely going to come. And the angels or whoever are definitely going to move the cards. Now it says, um, I don't know what it says. Sense, if not a, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The answers that come will always make sense. Okay. If it's, if you're asking about a love relationship and the things keep coming about health, you might have to fix your health in order to get a love relationship or maybe someone in the relationship, you or the other maybe having health issues and that's affecting the relationship. But if you ask about, um, health and then love comes up, maybe it could be the same thing. You need love in your life to be healthy, or maybe you just need the right card. So you got to keep asking and asking, but the answers will always make sense if it's the correct card. And if it doesn't make sense, then it's like, oh, like if you get a, a, like a good card, a good card, a good card, a good card, and then a toxic card, like this person's really bad for you. And you're like, no, this person's a really good man. He's not bad for me at all. 
That makes no sense. And then you have to ask with muscle testing, pendulum dowsing. It was probably the card either before or, you know, you know, in front of or behind it that was meant. And then you just put it back in the deck and keep shuffling and ask the question again. Don't even worry about it. If that card was meant, if that card was meant to come up, it's going to come right back up, honey. So don't even worry. So, uh, so you're not going to get cards that don't make sense at all. The cards are always going to speak to you in a way that makes sense with what you're asking. But again, don't be thinking about a specific card, the twin flame card followed by the call me card, you know, cause that's not, you might be able to influence it with your subconscious mind. So you just got to keep your mind, your, your area, um, free from, uh, energetic debris. You got to keep your clutter out of there. You got to keep your mental clutter and your, um, energy clutter out of the way. And that my friends, that is how you do a miraculous Oracle card reading. I recommend using a bunch of different decks. I do like to use, um, two or three or four decks. Uh, you can have the angel answers. You can have, you know, cards that are, you know, summoning angels or cards that are just, you know, messages from angels, supposedly. I say supposedly because I don't remember Chanley's messages for Doreen Virtue, but she's talked about me plenty of times. <laughs> I've been on her. My name has been on her lips many times. It's like, uh, maybe she's channeling my higher self though. Who the hell knows who, who's to say what the reality of that one is. <laughs> uh, excuse me. How to have my coffee. Um, my son and I, he wanted to do a reading and I was doing a reading with the archangels and his name and my name both came up and we laughed. Oh boy. We had a good laugh about that. We had a good belly laugh about that. I'm like, Oh, guess what you said? <laughs> and look what I said. <laughs> and, and the cards really were, um, you know, the messages, you know, outside of our names were, um, you know, he's archangel justice. I'm the archangel death, you know, and, and whatever it was that we're asking actually the answers besides our names and what we stand for actually did kind of make sense in the reading in the context. So, and, and sometimes you're going to get cards that just like they keep coming up and they don't make a lot of sense. And you're like, what? So what you might need to do is, is you might want to see if they did come out backwards and then you fixed it. So if it says toxic and it's upside down, maybe this person is not toxic. You've always had toxic people in your life but you've turned it around and this person is not toxic. Maybe that's why it didn't make sense. Or maybe it means that you yourself have grown up a little and you're no longer toxic to others. And that's why the toxic card comes, but it's flipped around. Might be that you have toxins in your environment or you're in the middle of a detox for your body. If it goes upside down. So, you know, take it, what it, what it is on face value and what it says in the book or whatever but also use your gut instinct and your intuition and look at the whole situation. Try to remember if the card came out upside down or not, that may be something that's important. It may be something that's important and it might be related somehow. And what I do is I hover my hands over the cards to feel the energy and I will touch the cards and see if I get extra messages. Sometimes when I think about the person and I'm connected to their higher self and I touch that card, like, um, when I was doing tarot reading for a living, um, actually very psychic, um, 
like a hotline and they, they, oh, they put us through our paces. We had to do some really intense readings. And this is when I was first starting out and I wasn't as good as I am now, but, um, I, we'd have to, you know, and, and they would ask me, how do you do the readings? And I'd say, well, I touch cards. I do this. I do that. I connected with this one woman's uh, higher self and I put down and I got the card of justice. Now, normally, if I get justice, I will think, eh, there's some karma coming good or bad, but something's coming your way or justice such as, um, you're going to get your come up. You worked hard for it. Justice is coming, right? All of a sudden, what, when I thought about her connected to her herself, touched the justice card, she's going to the police academy. I'm like, you're going to be a cop. And she's like, how did you know that? She's like, no, seriously, I'm scared to death. How the hell did you know that? And I'm like, I touched the justice card and I saw you in a police uniform. I saw you in your blues. She says, so I get in, I get into the academy and I make it and I'm a cop. Oh my God. I'm going to be a detective someday. I'm like, yes, you are, babe. I saw it fully. I saw you. I saw you. And I said, and don't worry, you're going to lose a little weight when you're in the police academy. She's like, oh, I was hoping I would. I'm like, I knew it. I saw her smiling face being handed her diploma and feeling super proud of herself. And what was weird is a week later, I get the justice card in the next, in the three to six month position when I'm doing the Celtic cross reading for a man. And I just, and I touched it and I said, uh, you are a cop, aren't you? Instead of going to the police academy, I saw him in his blues. I saw him weary coming into work, getting his coffee another day, another dime kind of attitude. And I saw him like, you're a cop. He's like, how did you know that? Like, cause I'm a damn psychic baby. (laughs) And I'm like, I got the justice card for someone last week. And for whatever reason, I just got cops left and right coming to me. Weird, right? Normally you don't get cops. You know, they're supposed to be logical supposedly, but they came to me for the readings. It was a psychic hotline. So no one would ever find out they were calling the hotline. And I thought that was interesting. And one time I got, I think I did get the justice card then. Yeah. God saying I did. I got the justice card, but it was in a different position, like in the next two to three weeks. And I said, Oh shit, justice is coming. And this person's like, what do you mean? And I touched the card and I went, Oh, you better run. <laughs> justice is coming. <laughs> and he's like, well, oh, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. How did you know? Oh my God. And, and he, he start freaking out. He, he um, shot someone and he, and he left, didn't know if the person died. He's like, I'm in a gang and I just shot somebody and I think they're fucking dead. I'm like, you better run, baby. You better run right now. And he's like, I'm going to hang up because I want you tracing the call. I'm like, I'm not the cops. I'm going to pray for you. I hope the person doesn't die, but you better run. <laughs> and I saw him hopping over fences with a black hoodie on, like trying to hide his face and, and trying to hide his gun. And I was like, oh, shit 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 I was like damn I think I'm done for the night I didn't read anymore that night I was like I had to cleanse my card from that from my cards from that toxic energy (laughs) now you will sometimes get the occasional coquettishness in your clients that they're not going to be any uh kind of forthcoming if you come out with some things I had a friend who said what do you see? You know, what do you see in my life? I'm like, well, let's see your situation now. Blah, 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 blah. I knew he was with a boyfriend and living with a boyfriend. And I saw him in a bar flirting with another guy. 
and I saw them going out to eat later after he had a fight with his boyfriend and going back to this guy's place because the boyfriend was out of town. I saw the boyfriend's messy place. I saw the boyfriend's white towel. I saw his dark skin and I saw it glistening with water because he just got out of the shower and they had been together and that they really, really, really liked each other. But my friend felt guilty as hell. I told him the whole thing and he sat there stoically as like, there's no way, there's no fucking way you saw this shit. And he looked at me and he was like really scared. He didn't say a word. I'm like, am I getting any of this right? I just see it, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. He's all, uh, huh? Yeah. No, uh, mm. like, like he's hemming and hawing. He's trying not to give anything away. And I'm all, you don't come to a psychic baby unless you want the answers. And if I could see what you're doing, anyone around you psychic can also see what you're doing. You got to protect your energy and protect it good. <laughs> he called me three weeks later after he left. He was in my house for like a weekend and he left and he came, he called me back three weeks later and he said, all right, so um, I cheated on my boyfriend. I can't believe you saw the sticky orange vinyl seats at the weird 1960s diner next to the bar. How the hell did you see that? That we complained about that for like one second. You saw details that I had forgotten and when you said them, holy shit. He's like, you're fucking psychic as hell. You got it, right? <laughs> it was like a miraculous, he, it was a miraculous reading. It wasn't what he wanted to get out anywhere. He didn't want anyone to know about it. And my friend, our mutual friend was sitting there going, uh, anything you want to tell us, bud? And he's all, uh, no. <laughs> I called her later. I'm like, yep. He, he just confirmed every, everything I said, everything I saw, but that's how I do it. Folks. I, I cleanse all everything, keep the energy clear. And then the new information can come when your physical, not your physical body touches the other person. I, I mean, you could hug them. You could shake their hands. That will definitely make a connection. But when your aura touches their aura, you're going to read shit in their aura. It'll come out in the cards. It'll always come out in the cards. Their holy guardian angel, connect with them. Connect with their higher self. That's how you have a miraculous oracle reading. So there you have it, guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But until then, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. I love you all and thank you so much for tuning in, liking, subscribing, sharing, and for your donations. All right, that's it, guys. See you later. See you tomorrow. guys, I've been making episodes of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast for a while now, and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast. 
Well, I have two solutions for this question. Number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the Anchor app, locate my channel, and sign up anywhere from $0.99 to $9.99 monthly, and you can stop anytime. Or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zelle, bank to bank, or through PayPal using my email, mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com, also located in the show description. Now with this option, you aren't uh, obligated monthly in any way, and you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep Metaphysical Soul Speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.